Attention Pokemon players, you are listening to Triple P, the Pittsburgh Pokemon Podcast. On today's episode, Chuck throws away a box. Jake, Jake prepares for the new meta that is. And we are joined by a longtime friend of the cast, Zach Dessage. Chuck, how are we doing today, my friend? How are we doing? Uh, I am doing good. Doing good. Um, got, uh, as you alluded to, um, in, in the, uh, the coming week, I threw away a box this weekend. I say it like we say it like that. It makes it look like <laughs> I took a box and threw it in the trash. No, I just, uh, we had like the, the, like the opening week of Paradox Rift. We always do case tournament at the store. Uh, so, um, was playing in that and played Sables Art, giving it another go before, uh, before I might not get to play it for a while. And then, uh, yeah. Just misplayed a lot. Two games that I lost uh, were throws because I just, you know, counter math, things like that. Just brain wasn't in it on, on the evening. So, right. I mean, uh, yeah, that was um, my week. For sure. I mean, as long as you learn from those mistakes, obviously, that is uh, the biggest thing. Um, obviously, sometimes it's hard to uh, sequence uh, perfectly with a deck like that, uh, especially after a long week or if you were played in the middle of, you know, after a work day, I find it's for me, I find it's a lot harder uh, to do well, like on like Thursday night uh, locals than it is for if I went to like a cup or challenge when I'm fully rested because um, I, I feel like I play a lot cleaner. So that is definitely a, a big thing when it comes to that. Yeah, yeah, definitely uh, is one of those decks where you sit on the razor's edge most of the time. I uh, did not get, you know, like a, not like a gimme matchup in the beginning. It was definitely like deep water right at the beginning playing right. some tough matchups. So um, sure. had to get into it. And my brain didn't catch up with me after work day. So yeah. how was your week yeah. there, bud? Um, you know, it was a long work week, uh, but uh, I'm lucky enough to have Fridays off. Uh, so I had a full day of Friday and pretty much Saturday of just straight testing Paradox Rift stuff. Uh, so I got a good amount of games uh, with with uh, Gimme Gold and Roaring Moon uh, and some of the uh, the decks that are already established and kind of have, um, you know, new tech sprinkled in. So I, I feel like I have a pretty good, um, you know, feel of what those decks can do and where the meta is, where those kind of fit in. And we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, but yeah, it was good. It was good to get just some testing in playing some Pokemon um, in a new format is nice. Uh, refreshing because you know as much as i've loved chen pao and in, in the current meta or or lost box um it was starting to get a little stale uh so it was nice to get some new new uh decks in there um and, and you know have the 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 mind uh, racing with uh just like uh deck techs and and things like that uh when you know, not that we didn't have it already but i think the meta was kind of almost solved it to a bit uh so there wasn't as much of that the that, that there's uh, new that, that, uh, fresh meat. Yeah, exactly. the meat grinder. <laughs> like, we, we, we've all seen what was there. It's like, oh, okay, this is this. This is what this is going to do. So now we have, oh, this is Roaring Moon. I wonder how this person is playing. Just like it's the, the, the newness factor. So for sure, for sure. Um, but yeah, that was basically my week. Um, but I think it's going to be enough of us for now. Uh, yeah. We are, we do have a, a guest uh, and a returning guest that's been on, I think, two or three times now, but it seems like it's almost been about two years, I think, uh, since the last time we've had him. You're going to have to fact check that. You're going to have to fact check that. I do need to fact check that. I feel like 
<laughs> it might be two years and i'm like yeah, i know yeah. you've asked a few times and i'm like things get busy i don't feel yeah, like it's yeah. been two years but maybe it has been two years it feels like i the promise last time... i said i was just gonna go get some milk i was going to the store <laughs> yeah, yeah. And... dad would just went to the store to get some milk yeah i feel like the last time you were on uh was when i was on a vacation in california two vacations ago i think that feels like that was about right for me so that that kind of is where i gauged it uh i'll definitely have to fact check it and uh, and back it up but again okay uh, i didn't actually formally introduce yourself uh you know zach lesage is with us um for uh today's episode we're gonna you know catch up with him and kind of just get a general feel of you know what the what the meta is right now uh with uh Roar, or with uh with i keep saying roaring moon but with uh, uh paradox rift uh but zach how have you been? It's been a while, regardless if it's been two years or not. Um, you know, what's new with you? Uh, I mean, nothing much. I'm still playing Pokemon, um, I guess, to anyone. Like, I'm going to Brazil next week. So we have the Latin American internationals. Um, and then I, instead of going back home, I'm actually flying from Brazil to Poland to play in the regionals out there. So I get uh, double, double doses back-to-back weekends of paradox rift the first two majors globally of this new format um it's scared because i'm i'm scared because i don't want to be a guinea pig and our format that we've known for a long time is no longer the format that we have in front of us Um, so it's a lot of like me like fact checking and um you kind of get obsessed with it so as you guys are saying like roaring moon's a new deck iron hands is a new tech card Iron Valiant, how good is it? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of questions that I ask myself, and they keep me up at night. And uh, <laughs> the Play Limitless deck section keeps me up at night. And online tournaments, we got two late night events going on right now, two 300 player tournaments basically. Um, and it's just like, how do we? We it, it's just information being fed all the time, and it's like, how does this apply to my deck choices, my buy list? Um, so there's a lot of stuff going on there, but uh, yeah, very much Pokemon related. Yeah, for sure. No, that's that's it's an exciting time for sure. Uh, and I do want to get a little bit more than that in 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 a second here. But um, uh, but that nothing new with you in the last uh, couple of years. Um, anything else to add there? Oh, I mean, I did get married in the past couple of years, uh, so that's <laughs> good. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. My brother actually just got married this past weekends. Um, so it's like I'm a little bit numb for marriages right right, right now. Right. It's just like. It's, I'm just like, oh yeah, we did. Uh, so that happened. Um, looking to move in the next uh, few months. Uh, so going from the Toronto area to the Montreal area. So right. uh, basically six hours closer to like, if anyone doesn't know where Montreal is, and I know that Montreal might not necessarily, I mean, it's only the third biggest uh, like geographical area of uh, population in North America, if right. we exclude Mexico. Um, but yeah, uh, it's, it's, a it's where New York and Vermont basically touch. Okay. So cold Quebecois, French Canadian, uh, <laughs> stuff, and it's going to be cool. So, uh, looking for a change of, uh, pace out there. For sure. No, I, I'm, I'm, that must be exciting, uh, you know, for you, uh, Michelle being able to, you know, go somewhere else and kind of start, I, I me and my wife kind of did that going from California to Pittsburgh, uh, so it's you know always an exciting time, something new and and a change for sure. Gotcha. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I'm I'm excited. Um, yeah, I mean it's really one of those things you never know until you know, and uh, mm-hmm. we'll see. We'll see wherever uh, it it fits nicely. 
but um yeah excited excited to see there see what's going on with that community and um i mean still play pokemon obviously but um because everywhere is just a short plane ride away (laughs) exactly no it's a pretty good area for you know for the north america um you know all the uh regionals we have where it's pretty reasonable to get to all of them when we're in like the 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 northeast uh area of north america so sure sure uh it's nice um not only that i i kind of want to get into a real quick uh, tangent before we get into some uh you know high level uh you know uh strategies going into the next format but like the last two tournaments uh in north america being toronto and peoria uh me and you ended up playing each other uh both yeah. in the third round. <laughs> uh, we're, we're, it's bizarre. It was crazy. It's like both my tournaments, uh, for me at least, I started off 2-0. I'm like, oh, I'm feeling good about myself. And then I, I see your name in there. And then uh, in both in both cases, I won game one. And then you you came back and bodied me uh, in the next two. Uh, and then derailing my day. Not your fault, but kind of <laughs> just, <Sorry. laughs> just kidding. Uh, no, it happens. Uh, but no, it was, it was fun kind of. Uh, it was kind of a funny story. Just uh, being able to or being placed against you two tournaments in a row in round three, both times kind of uh, strange. <laughs> yeah. There, I don't think there's that. I don't know if there's anyone else that I've played against this season twice beyond you. Um, mm-hmm. I, I honestly can't think of it. Maybe I did. I might, I'll, I'll look through Pokestats live later and maybe give you a text update and be like, you're not the only one. <laughs> right. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. It's, I guess it's just like, random luck and or random unlike i don't know it's it's weird i feel like tom the organize the operational software we have is like really fickle and just weird stuff like that happens all the time yeah and that was a an interesting little um like side you know thing that we kind of discovered within talking with each other after both where after uh peoria which you were playing czar uh you know arvinzard and i was playing lugia and obviously um a good matchup for you and you were able to you know overcome me um and I, I switched my deck up because of that deck you i played against you and lost and i also played two more zards uh so i switched myself up to uh chen pao and then you switch yourself to lugia to because uh, just a, a meta matchups and it was just like we met each other um in the same round but we were both playing different decks completely so it's kind of uh yeah uh, how the the meta is the same but it always changes it's, it's just a little crazy there yeah, there's always those little minute things that change on a week to week basis. Because I mean, um, I mean, Peoria and Toronto, I think we're like maybe three weeks apart. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, yeah, always changing cards up in between lists. Even for me, day to by day, right now, I'm like changing lists around by a couple cards. Oh, saw an inspiration here. Watched a YouTube video there. Right. Saw saw a tweet tweet somewhere or an X or whatever they're called now. Right. Uh, <laughs> always something or maybe sometimes it's even like I'm just sitting here and I'm like, um, I thought about it earlier and I was like, Mini Or is a really cool card. And I went to my local card store and I started buying them and I'm like, um, I'm always thinking about random stuff when it comes to Pokemon and it's yeah, things are always changing. For sure, for sure. Well, I guess that's as good a time as any to kind of just get into some high-level thoughts here. Um, you know, you've been in the community for a long time, um, seen plenty of meta changes over, you know, new sets dropping, um, going into big tournaments, like you said, um, LAIC and then uh, over, over in Europe. Um, but how does a player, you know, um, you know, prepare 
um, for a big meta shift or a perceived big meta shift, um, you know, going into tournaments like that with, you know, a small amount of time. We have like a two week window where you, you've really got some play testing uh, before that happens. How does a player like yourself uh, prepare, um, you know, going into a meta like that? Um, I try to prepare as early as possible. So um, as soon as the set is like 99% Japanese translations looking good, mm-hmm. um, we, we, we pretty much know the set maybe a couple weeks before, especially now that we have, we're pretty much on track with Japan. Um, so having knowledge of the set as early as possible allows me to at least like visualize the set, understand right. what we're about to go in with, um, maybe create a buy list. Um, that's when I start throwing things in the brainstorm phase where I'm just like, okay, um, these are decks that seem like they're probably good. Like, I think anyone reading through the set could be like, Roaring Moon seems really good as a deck, or maybe Iron Hand seems really good with these kind of concepts, or Mm -hmm. just really starting to throw it out there and seeing what's sticky. Um, and then I just kind of like, um, see if there's any other references that I could find. Um, I know that a handful of content creators will do early deck list profiles um seeing where other minds go japanese tournaments tournaments around the globe maybe someone played some uh, unofficial locals with proxies um seeing what what works there so that allows you to kind of discover um when we kind of get into it like i, I think it's better to look at what's changed and mm-hmm. seeing like the big hitters of the set like if we were to like give the cliff notes of um paradox rift i think roaring moon exists and it's very good iron hands is probably added to a bunch of decks and it's going to change how a lot of matchups are thought of um then there's some impactful cards like counter catcher that can really be useful in some other decks that might have seen success or i think it adds like the next layer of depth to uh lasso and tina uh, that we're thinking of um goldango is another like really big new one that i don't know exactly where it's placed but it's up there it's not as good as roaring moon in my opinion right but maybe it is um so i just try to like keep on going down there and being like is a card added to a deck is a card changing a deck what's going on and that's really where i kind of keep track of it um the best way if anyone's looking to kind of get that easy bridge into paradox rift um Try to see if you have a familiar deck that you can kind of enter with. Um, so I know um, for me, I've been playing a lot of Charizard. Um, I think Charizard's really one of those decks that bridges the gaps nicely, uh, where it can exist in this format. It's not necessarily getting turn one O code by Roaring Moon. Um, it kind of holds its own in this format. And then maybe like seeing if there's any cool cards that you want to add to there. So I've added Countercatcher in my deck. I've tested out the Technical Machine Evolution builds. Mm-hmm. I've tested out Toad Scroll. Um, that's cool. Um, if you're looking to be a little bit more adventurous, you're you're kind of uh, you're, you're getting a divorce with your uh, your uh, Obsidian Flames kind of decks or Pokemon right, one, right. one decks. Dive into that Roaring Moon. Give it a try. Um, as long as the bank account's not going to get hurt by picking up four Roaring Moons or a couple Iron Hands, give it a whirl. And I mean, um, I'll, I'll be like completely honest. Like when I'm testing, I have a bunch of like energy cards here that yep. I just write write random uh, stuff on. Uh, a Sharpie and Energies is way cheaper than buying those cards while we're still waiting for prices to settle. Right. Um, and that's what a lot of my decks look early. Um, if you want to be bougie, print out those proxies. Um, and I mean, if you, if you have the cash, pick up the cards day one, support your local game store or any specifically any store that supports Zach Lesage and the shuffle squad, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) 
whatever whatever it is i mean we all got to buy the cards at some point but um maybe you don't maybe you do i i think it's just use like you got to start somewhere start right. somewhere exactly um, yeah I know like a lot of, uh, you know, Pittsburgh local uh, game shops, at least on the local nights, um, will allow uh, proxies for the first like one or two weeks. Uh, Chuck, I think the same thing with yours. So a lot of a lot of places, you know, do that. Um, But obviously, if you're going to be playtesting with friends, nothing wrong with the Sharpie, like Zach was saying, uh, just write them on the uh, on the energies. I've seen that plenty of times uh, just to get the feel for the decks. Um, But yeah. Um, as far as, um, you know, early I've, I've, you know, we've talked to plenty of people over the, over the course of years being on the, on the cast here. Um, what is your feel on like teching, like specific, like techie cards versus just straight consistency in the early meta? I know a lot of people will say like, Hey, Tord, uh, is really good because he gets a deck that is just super consistent. He doesn't worry about all like the, the frills and the, in the tech cards here and there. Um, does that, does that opinion change like from the very beginning of a meta um, or uh, before like it starts to evolve and become more solved or, or are you a person that will still just still see where you think the meta is going to be and throw some of these random tech cards here and there. Gotcha. Um, I think, I think for us, the, if if we look at any early meta game that we've had before and we've had a few of them, um, typically decks, that are either very early you're able able to determine if they're very good early something like roaring moon or decks that have seen a lot of high level success before that um have kind of are really good so if we kind of like give like a little bit of a rewind of internationals over time um when it was like 2017 or not 2017 maybe 2018 2019 I think that's when I played Blacephalon to LAIC. Mm-hmm. I was one of the first people. Blacephalon was a deck that saw a lot of success in Japan. Um, I was able to kind of perfect that list, and I was able to make top eight at that internationals. A lot of the other internationals have been previously successful deck, add a couple of new cards to it, the formula is figured out, see success. Um, we could see that with... Um, uh, even like if we look at the world championships, we see like Mewtwo, Mew GX saw success. It did. It came uh, first at the Latin American International Championships. Reshiram and Charizard uh, was seeing a lot of success all throughout the regionals. I took it. I came second at the internationals uh, with that one. Mewtwo and Mew GX actually won that one again. So a lot of the previously successful decks do have what it takes to see success. And even if we look at it um, most recently. Um, OCIC last year, Azul won with Turbo Lost Zone Box after they all played Turbo Lost Zone Box for the entirety of all those regionals, just adding a couple new cards from that set. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ar- Arceus Duraludon was really a huge counter towards um, a lot of the Lugia decks. Alex Shemansky took Arceus Duraludon, adding a ball pick line, adjusting mm-hmm. for the Gardevoir metagame. And then we had, um, I mean, we had Rapid Strike Urshifu win. So uh, Cyrus just knows how to uh, kind of style on her own, but it's one of those things where if you look at uh, the finals, we saw Arc Duraludon in the finals. Again, a deck that's previously seen a lot of success. Gardevoir in both top four positions at NEIC. Because this is the next IC that we've had since then. Um, a lot of the previously successful decks have what it takes. So if someone's looking to see immediately success, um, if they've been rocking Chen Pao backs for a while, slapping an Iron Hands in your deck's probably 99% of the way there. Right. Um, Lasso and Tina, we... It's been paved the whole way. Pram made top four at Worlds. I don't think the list is going to change more than five cards from its list then. Um, 
Charizard, I mean, my group's been playing it for a while now. Um, so we'll just top four Toronto with it. If anyone wants to play Charizard, we have a really good Charizard list. Maridon, JW just won. Like I could go yeah. on and on for every deck in the top 10. Um, the decks are there. I think a lot of it is like players need to work on their own skill um, when it comes 100%. down to it. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Skill and sequencing uh, is a huge part of it. There's so many viable decks, even with new decks coming into the fold, uh, that you could realistically play 10 10 different archetypes and still potentially have the same success as long as you know you have a, a clean run sure um but with the newer decks uh that come out and in um you know with with the gold dingoes the roaring moons iron valiance and, and decks like that um how many games uh, typically does it take for you know for you to make a decision where yes this deck is worth investing my time and energy in or no this is a kind of a dead end uh, that's a really interesting question. So something like Roaring Moon, um, I immediately see that it has, like on paper, I like how the deck plays out. It's very aggressive. It's basic, uh, meaning it does not need to evolve because evolving causes a whole bunch of like, you're trying to mi mix and match the right pieces uh, mm -hmm. when it comes down to that. Um, so when I compare to like, do I want to put my time in a Roaring Moon or Goldango? A lot of the times I'm looking at early online event results that are happening at events, like whether it's the deck out gaming events, the late night events, whatever of the bigger online events are going on. Um, Roaring Moon looks like it's doing pretty good online and is uh, one of the more popular decks. Um, I also just like the general like attacks, like um, Goldango is something that I haven't put enough time in. Um, maybe it's something that I do want to put my time in. Like the deck that I actually put the most effort into early on was trying to get to a turn one Oko Iron Valiant deck. Mm -hmm. um, and as soon as I saw that that deck was not um, seeing success, the metagame was a little bit different um, than what I thought it was. I wasn't thinking that it was necessarily going to be as focused around big basics. I thought we'd see a lot of small basics as we've seen in our past format with Charmander, Confei, Frigibax. I could go on and on about that. Um, so Iron Valiant would have been really good in that format. Um, I don't know if Iron Valiant is as strong in this format. So it's something that I haven't necessarily, I, I basically put it off to the side and said, right. we're just going to take a break on this. Um, don't get lost in the sauce. If you, if you think a deck's not working out, it probably is not. Uh, it doesn't right. make sense to reinvent the wheel. Um, I'm actually in the market for some uh, winter tires up here <laughs> in Canada. Um, I'm not going to build my own winter tires. I'm going to go to uh, the tire store and buy them. So the same kind of concept has to come with uh, decks when it comes down to it. Like, you don't need to be the best deck builder in the world to see success at Pokemon. I'd actually argue that a lot of top players do not know how to build decks. And they're just right. pivoting from week to week. Um, I mean, again, there's so much information online that anyone who wants to top 32 or regionals could look at Azul's deck or Caleb Gettimer's deck and be like, yeah, I'm going to play that one and change one card because I don't know why they played it. Right. Exactly. I mean, the, the information's out there. You can. There's basically any starting point for any any kind of deck archetype that a player wants to play. Um, uh, but yeah, like, it's very exciting right now with all the new decks. But like I would say, I was trying to tell Chuck earlier because he hasn't had a lot of Goldingo, and I did start with Goldingo, um, and I probably put a good like thirty games in, and it, sure. the deck completely feels mid. Uh, it feels like it doesn't set up fast enough compared to the new decks out there. Some of the, the pre-existing decks that are getting a little bit of buff. Um, but once it gets going, it feels great. It's just that that early game just doesn't feel like it, it gets 
going like some of the other ones. So uh, I, I kind of did the same thing where you did with the Iron Valley and kind of just put it aside. I still think it has potential in the future, but I right now I feel like it's just not quite there. Um, I know Chuck hasn't had the the time to, to put in for that time yet. I haven't seen anyone build it the way I want to build it. So I want to give my, my uh, knowledge, see if it not reinventing the wheel, but see if the, coat of paint i'm putting on this is flashier <laughs> than everyone else's so sure sure um, <laughs> for sure um essentially, i mean to be fair this is the time parts. to be doing it right like right there's yeah. no i mean there are people who are making strides with like these newer archetypes and pushing them into directions um that wouldn't otherwise happen so like i think right now is definitely the time to experiment and to kind of be open-minded when it comes to it um maybe after we see uh LAIC and the regionals in Poland, mm -hmm. that might be the time to really be like, yeah, the metagame is kind of getting solved, guys. Maybe this pet deck is not the way that we want to be going with the format. Because right. um, I feel like everyone has to be going to San Antonio um, <laughs> when it comes down to it. I've looked at those regionals numbers right. and I'm just like, yep, San Antonio is going to be a big one. So um, by the time we get over to that kind of portion of the metagame, I think we should really like be like, the metagame is kind of where we're at. Maybe it's going to change a little bit week by week, but the decks are probably going to remain the same. No, I totally agree. Um, Chuck, you have any other, uh, you know, high level thoughts on, you know, what to do in early meta? No, um, I wanted to ask Zach where he kind of, how he, we kind of covered it a little bit talking about that, but when you're, sure. when you're looking at a set, you know, and you're trying and you get the, 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 um, translations and everything where do you kind of draw the line on what you think is going to be usable i, I guess is the right word i'm going to be like because when we look at paradox for if you look at roaring moon you go okay that's going to be like you said that's going to be a good card on sure. you can see how this goes like how far like where do you draw the line where you're looking at iron like you get to iron valley and you go maybe very interesting it could be very good if you do it this way and then then you start getting into the muddy Pokemon where, like, if you think about it, like, yeah, it could work, but is it really worth trying kind of thing? So I didn't know if there's, like, a kind of a line that you kind of draw at one point in time. Sure, sure. Um, so I try to see if there's – so some Pokemon are, like, naturally kind of, like, their own deck. Like, Roaring Moon is, like, definitely, like, has its own deck aura. Same thing with Goldango. Right. Those are yeah. cards that I'm, like, if it's going to be its own archetype and you can kind of, like, be, like, yeah – Charizard is its own archetype because you could just build it up and it makes kind of sense. Um, that's cool. I think like um, where it gets hard to draw the line is if it's going to be some kind of uh, wombo combo kind of deck that we might not have necessarily thought of. Um, I don't think there's too many of those decks in this particular format because a lot of uh, our archetypes are, we are an EX Pokemon and we are getting paired with similar uh, Pokemon of this type. Like Maridon is we're going to search out lightning Pokemon and attach lightning energies to it dot deck. Right. Um, so it's really easy to add something in like Tapu Coco. Um, so I'm always looking for, is it looking like its own archetype? Yes or no. Um, so a lot of those things, Iron Valiant does look like its own archetype. It is its own archetype. So I'm going to pick it up. Um, and some of them I get right. And some of them I get wrong. So Roaring Moon, I put as I want it. Uh, I want Iron Valiant as I wanted it. I also put Serena in that same category. I don't think Serena is at, uh, with um, Vanillix is as good as I thought it was going to be, or it wasn't as um, strong. There's cards that I just like forgot or did not necessarily um, put there, like Cloth. 
Um, I don't think cloth electrode is the best deck in format, um, but it might actually be really good um, when it comes down to it with Brute Bonnet and stuff like that. I mean, it's seen some limited success. Um, definitely one of those top 20 decks, but something different about this set is like, we probably birthed like 10 archetypes at once. Yeah. Um, which is like kind of hard to deal with. So if it's not an archetype, I ask myself, does it, does it go in an existing deck? Um, something like more Peko is great support for um, Roaring Moon. I miss that in my early set review buy list, mm-hmm. um, where something like Brute Bonnet I thought would be kind of good in other decks because adding Poison is cool. Um, so it's just a combination of like, do I think it's a new deck? Do I think it's going to fit into an existing deck? Do I think it's generally good or will be good in the kind of future? I try to future-proof myself um, in the next couple of years. Um, that's kind of where I look at it. Um, and then sometimes cards I'm going to be like, I overhyped them or I either got or I just omitted them for reasons that I just missed them. Um, so, I mean, it's also not helpful that this set is like 200 plus cards. Exactly. Um, it's it's <laughs> the biggest set of all time before we factor in ultra rares, I think, from Fusion Strike. Um, and a lot of these cards are very impactful. So um, I think this set's going to have us scratching our heads for a while. It's nice that we have it... Um, as our main set until March. Yeah, that's that's great. Actually, yeah, this is, by the time March comes around, I'm sure we'll be ready. But um, yeah, going kind of just piggybacking off that, like um, as far as just like people, you know, tier listing uh, deck archetypes, uh, people get it wrong all the time. Like I've got it right. We like we've had uh, examples with um, with uh, what's it called? Um, Requaza uh, uh, VMAX. Thought that deck was gonna be great off the bat. Obviously, it didn't do well. Yeah. Um, even just in cases like this, I was looking at uh, some Justin Basil uh, um, tier list, and you know, you know, previous to the cards coming out, he had Roaring Moon in you know the beat or the tier two eighth deck down the list, and then like just a couple days later, after you know one or two tournaments online, it's now the number one deck. So it's like uh, it's it's not always super apparent which deck is going to jump up at, at the beginning uh, of any giving meta so um it, yeah. all you can all i can say is just you got to test especially in these first two weeks uh and oh, definitely yeah. do your homework <laughs> but that kind of that kind of very well explained kind of my thought process along the way too because you look at i kind of try and look at a set and you go okay like you see roaring moon or you see gold dingo and you're like oh yeah new archetype but like you can kind of almost think of it how it's built already. Like you've seen that build of most of its cards, so it doesn't doesn't take too much to build the whole deck. But what you don't want to you don't want to <laughs> like uh, with like a Sarina. Like when you get too far down the line, you're like Sarina could be good, but this is going to be like something you have to like do a lot of homework on on how to actually build this out. Right. And that's where, like, I was wondering where you draw a line. Like, maybe, yeah, I'll put the Serena's aside, and it'll come up later. That's, uh, another thing that I do want to put out there is um, it also depends on which tournaments we have coming up. Um, so for me, like, uh, since I'm going on this journey to LAIC, um, first and foremost, I'm playing in a country where English is not the language that they have the cards in. Um, they get their cards from Copag in Portuguese. So a lot of my early buy list is going to be larger when it comes to a set like this. Um, whereas if I'm going to um, EUIC in London, and let's say that lines up nicely for the next one, maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. Um, 
it does give me the opportunity where I don't need to buy as many cards because right. I'm playing um, in a language, like in a country where the language is English and I could probably buy cards out there. So while I might be able to play with some Portuguese cards, I'm not in act, I'm not 100% sure if I'm brushed up on the correct language rulings for ICs. Um, I've had to put in a more extensive buy list for this tournament um, mm-hmm. to be prepared. Like you could definitely kind of like yeah. um, go with the flow and be like, yeah, I'm not going to get Serena's or maybe I'm not going to get Iron Valiant. We've all had that person that comes up with a genius idea at the stroke of midnight right. and um, <laughs> trying to find uh, English copies of Iron Valiant three o'clock in the morning. Sao Paulo does not sound like uh, the, the recipe for success at the internationals. I think um, being prepared, um being early like i'm purposely going out of my way i could have gone to cups this weekend before i uh, head off to brazil i'm actually going to go to a paradox case tournament um in the toronto area um mm-hmm. and use that as a way to um test my deck and not only that i'm going to a store that actually has a significant amount of paradox rift cards so i could pick up any missing pieces before i go so um that's one thing i'd say like if i'm traveling out of country especially to a non-english um playing country um uh, my buy list is probably going to be more expansive than it is with other things I, I i don't have time to wait around and i'm just going to pick up a lot more cards than usually i would um so we don't have time to be cautious for sure for sure that's an interesting point that i didn't even think about um you know is traveling to other countries and whatnot uh, that are not english speaking um definitely puts a strain on you uh, uh, into the beginning of a meadow if you're you know trying to figure out what the, the the play is so yeah that, that i definitely have an appreciation for that that i didn't think i would i never really thought about that uh in that way before i think there's going to be a lot of players that are going to leic for the first time that haven't thought of that either right and they um might not be able to play the deck that they wanted or they might be forced into it and i mean not only is it um it's not even just a card acquisition thing like I mean, it's a pretty simple concept buying cards. You have money, you go to the store, you buy cards and the price is what it is. And sometimes it sucks. Like um, I had a big bill at uh, one of the stores. I think it was like 1200 bucks. It was mm-hmm. my first initial buy. <laughs> um, right. that we got a, we got some big chunks. Um, but like, it's also like sometimes cards are just hard to hard to find. Like, I don't think there's many stores um, that have a place at a roaring moon in their front display. Um Maybe they do, maybe they don't, but um, everyone's trying to get those cards right now. Right. And it's collectors versus players versus anyone that's ever thought of Pokemon. So, 100%. Yeah, uh, it's the Wild West right now when it comes to acquiring some of these cards, um, especially if you're trying to do it on a budget. But, um, yeah. Especially even cause you're just thinking of the, the language aspect. I'm sure you probably, I don't know the language rules either, but you might be able to pick up a, a you know a set of Portuguese to use while you're at at LAIC, but I mean they're not going to help you when you come back to the states for a regional or something either because you're not going to be able to use them. So, sure. All right. Well, with that being said, I want to uh, you know take a break here, uh, jump into our pit stop, get a, a few of those fun things in, and then on the other side of the pit stop, we will um, kind of take a little bit more of a look at. Uh, some of these early decks and, uh, you know, top contenders, at least, um, you know, that that we're seeing online right now. Uh, but Chuck, um, as we're pulling the pit, shop, pit stop, uh, you know what that means? It means it's time for some trivia. It's time, time for trivia. Yes, yes. Trivia. trivia time it is. And I have one ready from my 
to ask unless you want to go first. All for you. You go ahead. Okay. So uh, as per the usual, I'm going to do, uh, you know, guess that attack or ability that belongs to this, or guess the Pokemon that this attack or ability belongs to. Now, uh, I got the one of my cards from my play pack from this hit from this week, and I have the ability, and uh, I'm going with the one that isn't a gimme. Okay. Even though this may be a gimme, but I don't it might know. Might be a gimme. I got it's Zach over here. So Zach, me, and you are both going to be trying to guess this one. Yeah. <laughs> Tag team. Okay. <laughs> the ability name, and then you have to guess the 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 Pokemon is Princess's Curtain. Oh, that's Diancie. Yeah, that is, yeah. I was gonna say it was. It okay. had been, I was gonna be like Diancie or Serena or something like that. So but yeah, Diancie makes let's sense. Let's see if you can go three for three. Then on the Pokemon I pulled from. My, uh, <laughs> from my prize pack Challenge so accepted. the other ability is industrious incisors that is the barrel come on man okay. <laughs> even i got these that are, this is what i pulled i'm not picking these out i know i know I'm the fact that we're like we're going down it's not the same ones i'm like okay i'm just going through my, my other entire pokemon, life <laughs> my other pokemon the last pokemon i got was moon kinesis moon kinesis Cresselia? Like, no 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 it's like clefairy no, it's uh, is there a Lunatone in the pl- moon, yeah. moon Kinesis? Is it Lunatone? It's Lunatone. Okay, there we Damn. go. There we go. He pulled that one out. I was gonna say Clefairy. All those right, the, well, those are the three Pokemon I got, and I felt like they were all gimmies, but uh, I uh. You know, Zach being here, I knew he was going to get it right away, but I was thinking maybe I could stump Jake. Oh, for sure. For sure. Uh, Even if you were going to stump me, I got Zach, my friend over here. uh, He's got my back. (laughs) Okay. To be fair, though, I'm really bad at these things. Like, I wanted, like, one of my, like, things that is probably my bad habit, or maybe a good habit when it comes to playing Pokemon, I don't announce my attack names, and I don't know, and I don't announce my ability name. So, like, not to say, like, I'm not going to be like, oh, don't show my opponent what I'm doing or anything. I'm like attack for knockouts or anything else like that, or I'm using my ability. Like if you ask yeah. me, like if you put a counter catcher to my head and told me to uh, <laughs> recite every ability in my deck, I, like maybe I would, cause I'm around enough Pokemon cards. Like it's not like I'm terrible, but some of them I'm like, I have no clue. Well, even um, like concealed cards. How many times you just say Greninja for two? Or... Right, exactly. <laughs> because the thing is like, if you get yourself like roped up into saying like the attack names, like, if you ask me which attack Roaring Moon has, it has Calamity something and Frenzied Gouging or whatever. Right. I Like, I'm pretty sure Frenzied is the one that does the damage to itself. But, like, what if I'm accidentally thinking about using Frenzied Gouging, announce the attack, then my opponent's like, oh, you announced the attack. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, exactly. if you're just like, okay, I'm going to be doing this for the knockout and I'm discarding the stadium. Like, if you go through the actions and you make it very clear... Um, you don't accidentally get yourself like saying the wrong attack name and catching yourself in the situation when you're behind then. So it like allows you to play the game like a little bit more loose. Um, might be a, like, I'm sure there might be some judges that are listening to this are like, oh, Zach, that's a little too uh, relaxed. Maybe like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. I don't know. Uh, yeah, as long I... as everything's like straight up and like in front of everyone, I think it's good. But like attack names and like ability names, I just try to stay away from it so I don't catch myself making mistakes. Yeah, I don't disagree. Like even going into Roaring Moon, uh, I just know that there's two attacks. One uh, hurt yourself. One discards a stadium for for you know the, right? those V's and basics. <laughs> I was like, I, I don't even know the names, but uh, <laughs> for sure. 
Uh, hey, you but, could get Jake. Jake get himself in a lot of trouble because I've seen this, this. I've seen you call so many things the wrong thing. Oh, for sure, I'll uh, call Greninja a barrel, a barrel. You know how many times? Did you, I don't know <laughs> how many times did you irritated when you were Iono. Oh, oh my god! Iono-ing. How many times I say Iono when I mean Irida or vice versa? It's just crazy because they both start with I, so I get I get confused. You know, it's hard. Uh, but <laughs> with that being said, let's jump into mine. I do have one. Uh, so this is a standard Pokemon. Um, you know, I'm going to play the same game, uh, name this Pokemon, this attack or ability belongs to. And this Pokemon has an attack named reckless charge. Has reckless. Wait, say, say that one more time. Cause I think I completely missed it. Reckless charge. Is the name it, of the attack is the name of the attack. You do have three lifelines, uh, set, uh, stage and type. Reckless charge. It has ability. I'm trying to like. No, it's a, it's an attack. Oh, this is an attack. Yes. Reckless charge. Okay, that one's like way harder. I uh, will I say. Like I will give you a hint. It is not going to be meta relevant. This card is not good. <laughs> so you're really trying to. Stop okay. This. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I feel <laughs> like. So my gut is telling me that it's Gyarados. But I don't know if that's right. I feel like that's wrong. Okay, what are these lifelines? Who can I call? Who can I call? Um, <laughs> like, let's, well, let, let, let's, let's find out what uh, what stage is it. It's basic. It's a basic. Okay, that's definitely not Gyarados. So my gut feeling's wrong. <laughs> right. Reckless like I said, this is not a good Pokemon. I always I always have to dig deep in the well. Because... Is reckless? Can you say how much like how much damage it does? I will tell you, it does forty damage. It is 40 damage. Okay. Reckless charge does 40 damage. On a basic. So it doesn't. It probably doesn't. I don't know it. My initial thought was that it it was one of those, like, it does damage to itself, but charges an energy. Like, Um, I I think I feel like it does 40 damage. And this uh, this Pokemon also does 20 damage to itself. So it does 20 damage to itself. Okay. I was gonna say, is it that Charmander promo that I play? But I—that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know what the cards right, are. Right. But it's not because Charmander discards an energy. Um, takes twenty what? damage to itself. Yeah, it's, it's what. Uh, what type is it? It's is psychic. It like psychic type. I thought it would be like a Rhydon or something. Right, right. Like stuff, but I have I some cards at my desk, and that's gonna be my <laughs> secret lifeline. <laughs> Okay, I have. Did I pick up any of these cards recently? You said it's not meta relevant, so my answer it's probably not. No, it is. If if I see this at a at a at a regional, I'll be licking my lips like I've won this game. <laughs> Dang, um, dot deck. I don't. Okay, I'm gonna go with it's it's a it's a it's this is my guess, and if I'm wrong, I don't want to deal with it anymore. Right. I'm gonna go with fl- flittle. Little. Chuck, Flittle, you got the... <laughs> I think I'm wrong. His, his guess is as good as mine, but I'm I'm gonna say uh what is the jeez, oh, I can't even remember the name of it. I'll just go with Flittle because I can't even think of another one right now. No, that Maybe is everybody's there's another soft small psychic Pokemon that gets printed a lot. It is small, but it can be Tinkin. big. Huh? Tinkin. Tinkin. Oh, take a tank. It's not take a tank. <laughs> You guys, uh, yeah, no, no, those are all wrong answers. Uh, it is Pumpkaboo. Pumpkaboo? <laughs> from, from the new set. 
from Paradox for him. Oh, see if I play pre-release or something, this would be maybe a little bit easier. But Right, right. No, this card's bad. I usually will go through my bulk uh, beforehand and just look at, like, uh, interesting attack names, and that's basically what I've done here. Um, it's not... It was basically super hard mode when I gave you, like, super easy mode. Because I missed this, I missed the super easy modes. You hit the hard modes most of the time, <laughs> a lot of the time. That's All okay. Right. I got stumped. I learned about Pumpkaboo today, so thank <laughs> you, uh, thank you, the Pittsburgh yeah. <laughs> Pumpkaboo podcast people. <laughs> right. Oh, geez. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're welcome, my friend. <laughs> okay. Um, but with that being said, I think it's time to take a quick break and get a word from our sponsor. The Pittsburgh Pokemon Podcast is brought to you by Sports Car Junction. Located in the North Hills of Pittsburgh, Sports Car Junction is a one-stop shop for players and collectors with a wide variety of singles, supplies, packs, and boxes available in-store and online at sportscarjunction.com. And don't forget to check out our weekly league Thursdays at 6.30. All right, we are back. Thanks again, Sports Car Junction, for being a great sponsor of the cast. All right, and it is time to step into the news. And uh, this week's news, uh, I just got a couple card reveals to go over. And I'm glad Zach's here so he can give us a little bit of a hot take on some cards that we got revealed from uh, Japan. Uh, and the first one uh, I want to talk about was a new tool uh, that is now... Um, Maybe making some cards cool. Uh, great again, maybe. Uh, the new technical machine, Crisis Shot. Uh, I'm going to... It reads, uh, this Pokemon... The Pokemon this card is attached to can use this attack. And then this, this card is attached to one of your Pokemon. You discard it at the end of your turn. Uh, that's the mm -hmm. big stipulation on this one. And then it comes with the attack for three colorless energy. Crisis Shot. Do 280 damage. And you can only use this attack only if your opponent has exactly one prize card remaining. So, uh, initial thoughts on this. 280 damage for three colorless energy, uh, and you I have, have to a be cool down. scenario, which I'm sure everyone else is thinking, th has thought about and brought up, but uh, where it might be used. I have not even heard of this card yet, so my initial thoughts is it's probably not going to be used just because... We have so many things like Chen Pao and um, and Roaring Moon that can already kind of do that naturally on its own. Obviously, if you're playing a deck that doesn't hit high numbers, uh, that can kind of fit in uh, potentially. Um, but as of right now, I would say it would be a card that I would consider holding uh, for the future, but there's nothing that sticks out. It doesn't sound terribly uh, horrible or anything like that, um, but Maybe not relevant right away. Zach, do you um, have any thoughts? Or do you mean to produce my so scenario? I, so I think it's a pretty interesting card. Um, and I think like if we look at it at uh, kind of face value, it's probably like not a great card because I mean if if your opponent only has one prize card left, you should be able to kind of just like win the game or not win the game already with your deck. Um, mm -hmm. But when you play it with a card that might reduce the attack costs of um, that, so you could put it on a Cramorant um, and attack for free. Um, so doing 280 at the end, so I mean, you could play Radiant Greninja and uh, this is kind of a 
kind of faux uh, radiant uh, Zard at the same time. Um, same thing, there's other Pokemon that can also reduce it. Speaking of Radiant Zard, Radiant Zard reduces attacks. Um, Drapion D reduces attacks. Um, there, there's a handful of other Pokemon. So um, I think any of the TMs have an opportunity. We have enough ways to search them out with like Arbin and um, Town Store. And um, we might be able to just like smoke someone for 280. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a fair point that maybe I wasn't necessarily thinking of. But um, as being a, a late game card, obviously, with a, your opponent only having one prize, um, I also may fear that 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 card may have been discarded or, you know, um, you know, put to the wayside already because it's already late game at that point. Uh, and a lot of decks kind of just burn through their their stuff. I'm, I, I don't know. Sometimes, it, you know, obviously good players can hold that, that uh, tool like that at the end. But. Uh, generally, I think sometimes it might just fall to the wayside, even if it's in the deck. I I like yeah. It I mean that's a, fair. I I like it as an option in if Lost Box will be able to stick around for even uh, a little bit longer uh, as the the Cramorant big hitter at the end of the game that you might need to close out to take your last two prizes or uh, just your you know, uh, last big attack to take the take the game before you lose the game, which Lost Box uh, gets down to really close close winning games like that. That's where I potentially see it fitting in anywhere and why I wanted to bring it up because you can reduce it with Cramorant uh, and it would be free. So, and That's Lost Box is one of those decks where you can manufacture it still being in the deck there or you know you've gotten rid of it so you know you don't have that option there later fair so. points fair points all right um the only we had another article with uh, a couple other cards i just wanted to kind of throw out uh the two big ex's that were uh spoiled in great tusk ex and iron treads ex um and i'll read each one and just see ask you both if you think they're going to be any kind of relevance like yay or nay uh, so Great Tusk EX is a fighting 250 HP basic ancient Pokemon now uh, with the ability of Quaking Destruction. If this Pokemon is in your active spot, at the end of your turn, discard the top five cards of your deck to pay off for an attack that is for four energy, one fighting, three colorless. Great Bash, 260 damage, and it's uh, not affected by any effects on your opponent's active Pokemon. And then Iron Treads is a 220 HP basic Pokemon that is future type uh, and for has one attack, two metal, and a colorless for three energy total. Clad rolling, 150 damage, and you discard a... If you discard a future booster energy capsule that is attached to this Pokemon, uh, you take 150 less damage from attacks uh, till your next turn. Uh, so... They're coming back as Iron Treads, Great Tusk coming back as actual ancient and future Pokemon. Do either of you think that these would be meta? Is there any reason to have eyes on these? Anything that perks interest? I'll go to Zach first. Um, Great Tusk on first glance is kind of bad. Um, its ability really sucks. Um especially because we don't want to just be like wastefully discarding cards from our deck. But um, if we look at similar cards like uh, Slacking B, um, 260 damage might be an interesting amount of damage that might allow us to knock something out. 
Um, so in the right fighting type deck, I do think that um, this could be cool. Maybe playing it with Path. Maybe there's something else that shuts off its ability. Um, the amount of damage is in a range where it's at least interesting. Like, I wouldn't have this in the front of my binder, but I'd own one copy to put into like a Garchomp EX deck. Um, I think Iron Treads, um, if we've seen we've seen how Gudra's seen success and it's kind mm -hmm. of been a sleeper pick, I think uh, something like this could be okay with the right build. Um, maybe there's some kind of damage reduction kind of strong build there that might be okay. Yeah, that's what, that that Iron Treads is the one that jumped out at me there. Um, just seeing the success of Gudra, you know, in the last uh, year or so, um, if if the right cards are go there, they kind of can buff that kind of archetype. Um, I can see that having some kind of success, um, but uh, generally both those cards uh, are not necessarily my play style. Um, so not super interested unless, you know, obviously there's a spike in popularity and those are like must uh, must haves or anything like that. Okay. Well, those are the two I wanted to really bring up uh, just because uh... We will be getting a little bit support for United Wings and a kill of if uh that actually plays off of the United Wings attack. It doesn't have United Wings, but uh, an a attack off of that. So a little uh, United Wings support still uh, and a, a cute little Mime Jr. that can copy the attacks but your opponent chooses. So kind of iffy on that. But right. um, that's all I really have in terms of news and new cards. So I will turn it back over to Jake. And uh, you can go on with whatever you have next. All right. Well, like I said, after every news segment, we do the Triple P season watch, uh, seeing where we are um, at this point of the season. Um, you know what? You know what decks we're thinking about uh, and what tournaments uh, are coming up for us. As I always do, I like to start with Chuck, uh, just to you know, you know, let him you know start. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh. Season wise, still same as I was last week. No. No tournaments to go to. Uh, at the moment, uh, next weekend, no, not two weekends from now, uh, the weekend before Thanksgiving might be the, uh, the big opportunity for some cups. Uh, there's a lot going planned for that. everyone. All the stores around us, I think, planned uh, cups for that weekend. So uh, we will probably talk more about cup points in two episodes. Uh, yeah. But that's where I'm at uh, standing at right now. As for looking for deck choices... Um, still keeping Chen Pao on the radar. Uh, I have my iron hands for it, so we'll see how that shakes out. And then, uh, as mentioned many a times before, I am going to make it rain with Gold Dingo, hopefully. <laughs> Making it rain, uh, for sure. Um, yeah, before we jump to Zach, I'll just jump in to keep it on the Triple P uh, boat right here. Um, yeah, I'm currently at 246. Um, again, this weekend, not going to play any point uh tournaments uh still just in test mode uh like you said in two weeks there's actually two cups uh that i'm potentially going to a saturday and a sunday cup uh during i believe that's the weekend of laic um where you know maybe i can get a little bit of information in uh, while i'm you know uh playing in those as well uh but trying to finish out those two if i get placements that then i'll have um you know completed at least um, getting points in uh, up to the max of six. I obviously I still need to uh, try to improve upon some of those top fours and you know make them into top ones to get some more points. Um, but like I said, like I keep saying, it's it's uh, 
Um, really, the make or break comes down to the regionals, the ICs, and stuff like that. Um, that the local levels are 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 helpful, uh, but you know you're really going to get the those those points at least with top sixes as, as your finishes um, to really put yourself over that 600 points. So uh, still in the same boat, but um, you know feeling a pretty good spot where I'm at right now. Um, no need to panic. Uh, but Zach, how about yourself? Um, so right now I'm chilling at 456 championship points. So, um, I'm hoping that with LAIC coming up that, um, I mean, it would be really sweet if I can get, uh, 140 or 150 points there. I mean, I think that'd be a top 16, get my invites, get the $2,000. Or I think, I don't even know what top 16 is nowadays. I think that might be like 5,000 at internationals or something. So that'd be a sick. Mm. Anyways, my whole thing is like, if I can get my invite knocked into the out, out in a week, that'd be sick. Um, but yeah, um, I have LAIC coming up. So instead of playing cups, we're playing it in international championships. Um, really hoping to get some points there because that's getting points at ICs really keeps me in the kind of top 16 race. Um, the race that gets me a buy at the end of the year now, instead of a day two automatic invite to worlds, right, but, right. um, we'll see. I have a little bit of unfinished business in Sao Paulo because I have, uh, last year I went, started five, one and went to five, four. And mm-hmm. uh, with the bubbles, I didn't get points. Uh, so that kind of uh, kind of ended my season a little bit early. I still played, but um, wasn't really playing for too much. Um, this season, I'm really hoping to have a strong finish, make day two at an IC, um, really like see how far we can go. So trying to figure out the metagame, not sure what deck I'm on right now. Um, but I did really like Charizard at the end of last format. Um, mm-hmm. And I really liked Lugia as well. So I'm going to probably see if I can bridge those decks out there. Um, if there's any new deck that I'm really experimenting with, Roaring Moon kind of has my heart. I don't know if it has my heart enough to play it at an IC, um, but I do own all the cards for it, and I do have the deck fully built and sleeved up. So we're ready to we're ready to rumble with it. Very cool. That, no, that I I wish you luck uh, at uh, LAIC. Uh, that actually um, leads me into a question though. Uh, before we get into the, the you know the, the the deep dive into some of these decks, um, as far as going like you know players that may not be able to have the opportunity to travel um, as much, but are still trying to make that world's push. Um, How important is it to make um, at least one and potentially even two uh, international championships on that world's run uh, to try to hit the, you know, the 600 point plateau. Cause I I know a lot of people are going to try to get their max at the locals. um, But like, if it came down to between like an IC or a, a regional, I feel like, uh, you get more bang for your buck, I guess, um, with the ICs. Internationals are the cheat code to getting championship points. Mm-hmm. Like, um, most players are not going to be in a position where they can get their invites with regionals and locals alone. And mm-hmm. if they think otherwise, then they shouldn't be thinking otherwise. Um, I mean, even for myself, uh, I have only two regionals finishes left now. And I'm 150 points away. So I'd have some struggles um, if I had, like, let's say if ICs didn't exist tomorrow, um, I definitely have to fight for it for sure. Right. I could probably right. like, let's say I got an easy hundred points from regionals um, and I'd still be 40 points short. So I'd have to go back, maybe win a cup, maybe win two cups or something like that. Um, internationals are really important for people to be attending. And not everyone can kind of fly to Sao Paulo and be like, this is going to be, an experience for us. Um, but you should be thinking about attending at least one international this season if you're going towards a world's invite. 
And I don't want to be like talking down from like a holier than thou position or I'm from a position where I can't afford to go to regionals and internationals around the world. Um, But I do think like if you're playing Pokemon at a world championship level, um, cost is not necessarily the first thing we're thinking of. Um, And if that's something that you do have to factor in quite a bit, um, then you really have to get good at the events that you're playing in Mm -hmm. um, in order to get there because Worlds this year is no longer uh, majority of good players can get it. I think there are going to be very good players that miss their Worlds invite this year. Um, And that might not be good players in the top 25. I think I think most players in the top 25 are like, we're coasting. We understand that how to under, how to get an invite. I think mm-hmm. players in the top 100, um, maybe the top 200 is where you start feeling those like, this year's going to like suck financially. This year's going to be a grind. It's going to be fierce. Um, but it's going to, it's going to really feel like you made it to worlds when you make it to worlds this year. Um, And I think that's something that in previous seasons, we might not have necessarily have felt as much um, because we've had points as low as 300 before. Um, This is double one of those seasons. It's hard to get your invite. Right. From even going from like the last IRL season going uh, from 500 points, but having eight top uh, finishes um, to going down to, I think that going down to six top finishes more than the going to 600 points is a big factor into that world's invite. So, and we uh, lost an IC. Yeah. Yeah. So it just makes it that much more important. And I, I know I'm um, contemplating when with the whole cost thing to try to go to EYC if, you know, even if I can get into it, uh, you know, over going to like um, you know, <laughs> original or not. <laughs> so we'll see. Uh, it's definitely it's not, definitely not easy to make worlds, especially in the, you know, the in the world we are now. Um, even if you do well at your locals, uh, even if you do well at one or two regionals, that's not going to do enough because like, there's just not enough opportunities to gain points. Like I keep telling, uh, saying every week here, um, you know, I, I, I'm at an okay spot with like the points wise, but I'm at the point where I, now I need to start maxing out and like, um, you know, trying to uh, reach above where I did before just to get like eight points uh so redo a whole uh, tournament for that kind of thing so uh it definitely is a grind but you know um it's still fun uh, and you know that's uh, you know the world we live in right now for sure all right before we let you go i do want to get just a a little bit quick uh insight on um you know some of these uh new decks um you know pros and cons and where we're at i know we kind of high level talked about it but um, we kind of really talked about uh, Roaring Moon. Uh, your first impressions on some maybe pros and some cons to that deck? Um, very aggressive, can can knock things out quickly, uh, which mm-hmm. is good, especially when it comes to uh, best of three. You can complete games when it comes to Roaring Moon. Things that are bad about Roaring Moon, um, two prize cards, are your deck is uh, primarily two prize card Pokemon, so your opponent can, uh, if you don't knock out a two prizer going for like on going second, um, you might be behind the prize trade before the game even starts, and they might be able to prey on your deck. Um, so that that's probably where I put pros and cons for Roaring Moon. For sure, for sure, I, I would agree. Like, there's a lot of good decks out there, like Chimpao, Charizard, and things of that nature. And even if you're going second and take a knockout, a lot of times it's going to be like a, a Charmander, a Mew, um, like you know, Frigibax or something like that. And then those decks just have the ability to pop off and take a two prizer. And I feel like once you take the first two prizes, you're 
that's you're in the driver's seat in those kind of matchups. And that definitely is like the glaring weakness to me, at least when it comes to the roaring moon. I quick yeah. question on roaring moon. Uh, I've seen a couple, obviously a couple of different ways to build it. Do you think, are you in the dark rye inclusion camp or no? Uh, not right now. I not think right I just now. like playing it turbo. I mean, I have gone back and forth. I was on team dark rye and I'm like, um, I don't think I need it. I don't, I, when I had dark rye on my list, I don't think I understood how good, um, I, I didn't have energy switch on my list. And I like Professor Seda's Vitality and Energy Switch. Energy Switch is very yeah. good for the deck. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Um, that That's like the first deck in a little while that really has taken advantage of that card and making it broken. Because I know it's it's always been there, but like no decks, meta-relevant decks in the last year plus have really used that card. So I feel like it's a, a really good card for, for that deck. All right, so jumping on to the next one, and this is one that you kind of threw, uh, you know, a lot of testing and start um, Iron Valiant. Some pros and cons to that one. Why why we should consider or not consider that deck? Um, Iron Valiant. It's uh, turn one Oko potential wombo combo with Meta Cham. Sounds really cool, um, and I think that you can really take advantage of the right decks. So knocking out a Frigibax turn one sounds very doable. Uh, where the deck struggles is if you hit a deck like Roaring Moon, um, mm -hmm. who cares if you plug eight damage counters into it when they just go turn one Calamity uh, knockout and you're like, well, that sucks. Right. Um, so it's only good against decks that have small HP Pokemon. Um, when you run into something like Maridon, Roaring Moon, um, you're, you're going to have a struggle time. Yeah, I mean, I've I've even talked to some players uh, locally that were like playing like Lost Tina, and they said they got Yoga Loops twice in the game and still won uh, because the deck just can't do and do damage outside those you know those switching effects. Um, so it definitely struggles with decks that can answer it and KO it in one shot, uh, for sure. Chuck, you have any thoughts on the on that one? No, Iron Valiant is not one I've I've looked into. Um that wombo combo kind of feel like where everyone thinks that looks cool. The, the yoga loop just doesn't appeal me. So I, I just, I, I haven't really put any thought onto it. I was going to let the world figure that one out and I'll come back to it. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Uh, yeah. All right. So we'll move on from iron Valley and go into uh, making it rain with gold dingo. Um, this is one I have wanted to put. something. <laughs> right, right, right. I know Zach, you, you didn't, uh, get to put any you know a lot of testing into this one but uh your your you know initial thoughts on pros and cons to this deck um okay so pros being able to scale damage um and i mean we have the inspiration from blacephalon from unbroken bonds um very similar attack um it seems good we can knock out whatever we want and i like attacks that you can scale and decide how you want to knock things out those cards are generally good um where I struggle with this deck is Gimmigool is a very low HP Pokemon, so I'm a little bit scared about that. Um, a lot of decks can be very aggressive. Um, so knocking out a 260 HP uh, Stage 1 2-prizer sounds kind of easy. Um, and also, I think lists suck. I, I think that like we don't have all the right tools. Um, I'm looking at some of the successful lists here. Should the deck play Scizor? Should the deck play Curlia, the Barrel? Um, I honestly don't know, and I don't think I will be able to know. So um, 
Goldango has an opportunity. I think this deck needs some time to simmer. It needs some time right. to cook a little bit more. Right. I, I would tend to agree. Um, I, you know, I, like I said, I put a good, a good amount of testing in with this deck. Uh, and when the deck gets going, it feels good. But uh, with, with, you know, the Roaring Moons and Chen Pao's of the world, the, those decks that are just super aggressive, uh, the deck feels like it just takes a little bit time to ramp up, at least with like the early deck list that I was playing with, um, where you can't really get all those energies on board on your first um, turn that you can go attacking, especially if there's like a Roaring Moon in the, the active that is still full health, um, you know, overcoming that number early um with with the with that deck seems like it's, it just doesn't ramp up enough uh to be able to do that and then what one other thing about the deck is like a deck like chen pao um you can attach the energies with backs uh across your board and then continuous continuously sequence and thin your deck to continuously find more energies with godingo at least right now um you need to keep those energies in hand i know sometimes it, you're following an attack um, but if it's in the, your first reasonable uh, turn to attack, you're going to have naturally some energies in your hand. So you're not going to have the opportunity to thin your hand down and barrel for its full effect um, like you would in like a Chen Pao because you have energies in your hand already kind of clunking it up. Um, and I feel like that sometimes you're just like preying on the on the Goldingo's ability to, to just draw, draw into those cards. Um it feels just a little bit clunky and not being able just to get rid of those energies while you're thinning and sequencing feels like that's a bigger downfall than maybe the 50 compared to like the 60 of Chen Pao. Yeah. I, I mean, I can understand your point on that, but in, in my eyes, I feel like that's the, the main difference in between Goldingo and Chen Pao in my eyes. Chen Pao, you just plow like you can plow through. Like you click the poke stop button, you you get your energies, you, you just funnel everything to the board and draw as many cards as things will let you draw. Your hand size doesn't matter. Whereas Goldingo is gonna play in a fashion where you're building your hand. You you can maybe make it small, do the barrel effect, and then continuously build onto that, where you're building a big hand that is full of energies with X item that with that you're using items to get things and whatnot. Uh and and things are a little bit more fluid um than just get energies put it to the board. And then uh, it's a different way of coming to fruition on the energies. So all right. So those are like the new decks. Um there are only a couple that I want to get into before uh we we get going here, but um some existing decks that might get better. Obviously, Charizard. Uh, with the evolution TM, um, obviously Zach was kind of already alluded to it earlier, saying get rid of you know the 151 kind of builds, the rare candy Pidgeot builds. Um, how do you feel like this Zard version is compared to that in the metagame? Do you feel like it's in a stronger position? So I thought it was, um, and it it might it still might be. Um, I played it in an event, and I ended up going zero to drop. I felt like I was looking for a lot uh, when it came down to it, because like. If we think about it, the technical machine evolution build requires you basically to have an Arvin on your first turn going seconds. Mm -hmm. If you do not, um, then you're in a rough spot uh, because you need to have a technical machine evolution. You need to have a battle VIP pass or enough Pokemon in play that you could evolve. And you need to have the energy when it's a low energy deck. Um, whereas we look at the current Charizard Pidgeot build 
and we're like we we need some amount of pokemon we not we might not even need a battle vip pass we might be okay with like an artisan and a nest ball um we're not looking for a lot and i think like um slapping a jirachi into that list to solve the lost zone box matchup or maybe a 1-1 toad scroll in fat might be the better approach um i feel like the charizard technical machine build is actually like it, it's there's a lot of stuff going on there right right um yeah I, again these are all like there's no right answer necessarily right now um especially getting into like a bigger tournament I, I mean i i've heard both sides of it where some people think it's just complete um you know not complete trash but you know a downgrade um i don't know enough about it i haven't really played a lot of zard um but um the other two decks i want to get into though um is the chimp with the the iron hands um what are your your first impressions with that deck um into the meta game right now um does it get better or worse um i've seen anywhere between it being you know in the b tier to to the the s class uh between people's rankings uh where where do you think it lies right now um very good i think i think it's uh very good um Mm. i don't know how very good it is um but to me it's same it seems very good um in some capacity uh and i know he's probably just saying oh it's very good it could be very good whatever uh if if chen pao sets up i think chen pao has that bit of high roll factor when it comes down to it um it is like on like it's probably the best deck if it sets up has answers for every single thing and i mean you know as a chen pao player like we've seen in our set even in toronto Mm -hmm. the 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 tale of two stories of the deck where it's like the deck sets up you you just are conquering me it doesn't matter right um and then sometimes you struggle a little bit or sometimes you find the there's a missing link and if your opponent's able to identify that whether it's backscalibur the barrel um you you might just get cooked and i think that's kind of where i'm i struggle with the deck right right and, and i feel like it's a weird thing i feel like it's in a better spot in the meta where we perceived meta as we are currently with the iron hands, because now it can deal with those one prizes a lot easier. Uh, you don't necessarily need to set up like the Greninja plays, uh, but I feel like the deck does lend itself to be a little less consistent because now you have to find a, a, a potentially you need to find a lightning energy um, and you don't necessarily want the, the Chen Pals out there. Um, so it does have answers against everything that we perceive to be, you know, in the top 10 uh, in the meta game. But it also is probably the deck that can just lose to itself the most often. Um, and that's just something you have to be, you know, content with if you're going to play a deck like that. Um, we're very much in the, the experimental phase with that deck, seeing uh, what we can and cannot add uh, for consistency. But, um, yeah, I feel like the deck's still in a pretty good spot. Chuck, how about you? Yeah, I, I feel like it's, it's still so very similar to where it was. It added another tool to the the to the toolbox to shore up matchups that were a little harder um uh, like you said the iron hands play makes you know having you don't have to pull off greninja plays uh to take two prizes in in certain matchups mm-hmm. uh but it it's still I, I mean it's the same thing that i've always said with chen pao i think is you can take its legs out from under it and that's its biggest like if it doesn't if it doesn't set up, that's always its thing. But even if you manage to get somewhat set up, it's you can leg sweep it. Like you can, someone can just take out 
the back scalver and then the whole cookie crumbles. So like that's the biggest weakness to it is setting up and then stay keeping on your legs. Um, even if you can only get up on one or something like that. Exactly, exactly. Or yeah, you can only get uh one Fridgey out there and some some Mew player will uh block face you uh <laughs> to take out your, your only engine and then you just lose uh in a game three. You know, that didn't happen to me at all. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh <laughs> jumping into the last uh meta relevant deck that I you know that that gets improved by Iron Hands, and that is Maridon. Obviously, Flaffy is such a great acceleration. Um, you having the electric generator, uh, Zach. Do you think that this um, makes you know Maridon an even better uh, position where it was uh, previous to JW winning uh, in Toronto? Um, I'm honestly not sure. I mean, Maridon's a deck that I've always been uneasy about, mm-hmm. um, and I kind of feel like Roaring Moon is like everything I want Maridon to be. Um, and now it's like if Maridon had Electric Generator and Professor Sadas for Lightning type Pokemon as well, I'd be like, okay, cool, cool, cool. This piece is awesome. Um, the thing about Maridon that's interesting is like Maridon has more like a box of surprises. Mm-hmm. Like even in my like most updated Maridon list, I've added the new Elekid from the set. Uh, it just for zero uh, free retreat cost and zero energy cost, it could do uh, 30 damage to one of your opponent's Pokemon. So after Roaring Moon does its... Uh, attack that does 200 to itself i have an opportunity to attack for um 30 and get a two prize or knockout maybe um but it's still like a single prizer free retreater I, I like it i think it's cool right right yeah yeah i mean i've been kind of the same way i've tried so many times jumping in and out of that deck um you know when it first came out when mahone's group made it popular um, and it always just felt weird. Um, it's a, just always a two prizer and you don't really have a lot of one prize options. And then it's just like a two, two It's easy to knock out. So it's, it's always kind of bit me in the, uh, in the butt, but they make it look easy over there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the last kind of archetypes and I got, I'm going to lump them together is any lost box or Gardevoir since they are single prizers. We do have. Um, Iron Valiant, which I'm sure a lot of people are still going to play at um, LAIC um, because it is a new deck. Obviously, Iron Hands is uh, a deck that is going to deal with a lot of these one-prizers. Do we think, um, you know, at least in the short term, that these one-prize decks are even, you know, something that you should consider bringing at this point? Lost Box is very good. I think that's like it's it's always been good. Uh, you got to watch out for Jirachi. I think a lot of decks are teching Jirachi. You got to watch mm-hmm. out for Iron Hands. Um, but there's always decks, and you're always kind of seeing what what might be good or what might not be good or stuff like that. So a lot of stuff to consider there. Right. Yeah. I mean, for me, I think I'm I'm off of Lost Box for a little while until um, you know some of the hype of these cards do drop down because I, I you know I need all the advantage I can, and if they're taking two prizes. When I'm only wanting them to take one, it just seems a little scary for me. I'm I'm uneasy about that at least. Sure. <laughs> I, I I think I'm on the train of I, I want to see where the meta goes to because if it's more of a Jirachi tech, like you said, Zach, you have to look out for. I think Lost Box will find its way to handle that. I think it's innovative enough that they can find a way to get around that tech uh that pokemon to still be able to do its thing um so but i just want to see how how prevalent it is you really can't stop iron hands from taking two prizes 
uh, it's scary at, at any point in time. <laughs> so that's another like you just want. I just want to see how it goes, and uh, and there's other options at the moment too that we've spent talking about. So for sure. All right, I think that's gonna do it for us. Um, but before we let you go, Zach, um, you know it's your time to shine uh, for you know shout outs, <laughs> plugs, all that kind of fun stuff. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, I just want to first and foremost say thanks, guys, for having me on. Um, mm-hmm. If anyone here isn't necessarily, uh, if they want to get the intro to Zach, I mean, I uh, I'm a full time Pokemon player um, and coach. So if anyone's looking to kind of up their game, learn a little bit how I got those 450 CPs in a couple okay. months, um, hit me up for some coaching on Metafy, uh, metafy.gg slash at Zach Lesage. Um, I'm one of the managers of the Shuffle Squad, uh, one of the bigger bigger or biggest esports team in Pokemon right now. Um, so check out our content on YouTube and our Patreon. Um, just searching out the Shuffle Squad. I'm sure you'll find us. And um uh, for anything else, I mean, I just appreciate all the sponsors that help me kind of where I'm at. Um, they're located on my bio or anything. I'm, I have them a lot. Uh, so I much appreciate all of them. Um, so, yeah, no, thanks so much, guys. Really appreciate it. Not a problem. Yeah. Uh, thank you again for taking the time out, uh, to, you know, talk a little bit of Pokemon. Uh, you know, it's an exciting time right now with all the new stuff, as we kind of just alluded oh, yeah. to this whole po- uh, this whole podcast. Um, I, I do want to wish you luck in, you know, the two upcoming, um, you know, tournaments you're going to be in, ICs and regionals. I can't wait to see how you do, how the metagame shakes out. Um, but I think that's going to do it for us. So thank you, everybody, uh, for hanging out uh, with us this week. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks again for listening to the Pittsburgh Pokemon podcast. Uh, if, as always, if you could do us and future listeners a favor and leave us a like, a rating, or a review on whatever your podcast platform of choice is it goes a long way to helping out the pod plus jake where can you reach us directly yeah you can get me at panucks one on twitter as well as chuck at watch whimsy you can also reach us on twitter for the whole pittsburgh pokemon podcast at pit pokepod thanks again guys and gals we'll see you all next time see you later